This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, everybody. Cheryl from Unleashed, and today we have a very special guest, a very exciting segment. I think we're all going to learn a lot. Her name is Estella Mariquin, and she's in part two, Adventure of a Life. Hi, Estella. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Cheryl. How are you? I'm very, very good. And uh, I think you have a very interesting story, and we're kind of in the same place, you know, different parts of the country, but, you know, as far as a new adventure in our life and things that we want to do... I think it's very interesting, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there are either in the same spot or will be in the same spot. And, you know, life isn't over when we retire from the one job or the many jobs that we had. So why don't you just give us a little background about yourself, and uh, then we could go from there. Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm, uh, I'm 66, so just recently retired. But basically, in a nutshell, I was born in Brownsville, Texas in 1953, and uh, parents traveled around with my dad for uh, the NASA program. He was in the space program. And um, we ended up in San Diego, California, that is. And my dad was a non-English speaking immigrant, but he worked so hard. And from what, what I learned from him was, you can do anything you want, and it doesn't matter your age, your background, the language you speak, you can do anything you want. And so I carried that message with me through my lifetime. And uh, when it came time to retire, I used that thought process to, to ask myself, what do I want to do now? And can I do it? And those answers came to me from watching my dad, which was, I can do anything I want. And my age, my background doesn't have to determine what that's going to look like. Right, so right. that's hard to define where, where you're going, though, because obviously you've whatever you did, you did well because, you know, you have the fruits to bear. I don't mean money-wise or something, but Mm -hmm. you have the knowledge that you have confidence that now you know what you did then, you did for a reason, for a season. We all do things for different reasons and and because we have to at some point. But now you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Now you want to. (laughs) That's exactly correct. So now I want to know what you want to. So... After retiring, I reevaluated what do I want to do. And for the most part, it was a whole new avenue of learning, excitement, new experiences, travel, so many things I realized were within my reach. And I started looking at different things to learn, maybe a program to attend. And it came down to I've, I've always loved animals, but I didn't have an opportunity to work with animals in the careers I chose, which were legal fields, office type fields. But now the door was open for me to just jump in there. And, and I started taking an interest in animals, but more specifically ranch and farming animals. Um, our family in Mexico had owned cattle ranches many years before. And and I think there was just something in my blood that called me to that kind of animal care. And so I started pursuing ways to learn that. 
And it took me to some sort of educational program that I needed to have to just have the basics for general animal care. And that's one of the first things I did as soon as I retired was take a program that would allow me to um, to learn the basics of animal care, which like I just recently... Assistant. Yes, I, I went through a veterinary assistant program here in Los Angeles with the Animal Behavior College, and I was so happy to learn what I did. And now I know that I can apply that to any kind of animal care because so many of the things that you need to do are similar. But of course, from animal to animal, there's specifics about those animals that need right. to be learned. If you're going to do equine care, for example, you have to know more about that. Right. Then. But yes, after I completed that, I realized the world had just opened up to me. And now I'm in the process of volunteering. Uh, while I take care of my mother, that's the primary thing I do. But I have volunteered at a variety of locations for um, miniature horse rescue, a wild stallion rescue here in the area, alpaca care. That sounds really exciting. My big thing is, you oh know, goodness. farm animals, big animals, you know, you know, you even see them when they have uh, the racers, you know, the Kentucky Derby, mm -hmm. you know, they have all those vets. <laughs> I mean, they're very specialized. I mean, I had a friend many years ago, many years ago, that went to a veterinarian school in Brussels. Uh, at that time, there wasn't many schools here in the States. And whatever schools there were, they were full. And I remember I spent a couple of weeks there visiting him. And I'll never forget when they brought in the horse. You know, of course, the horse was deceased <laughs> because they're going to dissect it. And right. it, it was really something. And even years later, I had the opportunity. He was going to teach me just what you went to school for, but... I was mm -hmm. in another place, another space, and I didn't, right. and it's it's a regret because, you know, I love animals, and, you know, when you have knowledge about things, it makes it a lot easier when you make your decision. See, now that you went to the course, it's a lot easier for you to make a decision on what you want to do, whether it's volunteer or work with a vet you know, is that, you know, you're just going to bounce around. I don't mean bounce around like flaky. Sure, I mean, you. bounce around with different <laughs> types of, you know, alpaca or horses, maybe cows, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. and and then you could, you know, that commercial where she's has a truck and she's got boots and she's got a dog next to her and she goes back <laughs> and forth. I think it's for paying bills or she gets a check. Right on her phone. She just looks like the happiest person in the world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for me, it's very clear now that what I'm going to do is apply my medical training to farm slash ranch animal care. However that looks and whatever opportunities I look for are going to be around that because I want to make the most of what time I have being a little bit older, to focus on what I love. And there's lots of veterinary offices, of course, in every a large community, but you really need to move into more of a rural area to find more veterinarians who may have a, a traveling equine practice or ranch animal practice where they actually have to go to the ranch and inoculate them and things like that. That's very exciting to me. And surgery especially. I would love to have the opportunity to do surgical care on ranch animals, if at all possible. So I'm just going to focus on that 
and if the opportunities present themselves, that's what I'm going to do. You know, a lot of a lot of people in their homes they have all kinds of animals. They take all kinds of animals in. Blind Love cows, them. you oh. know. <laughs> I mean, in Washington State, in Oregon, I'm sure in California because there's a lot of properties, but really all over the country there are people that have, whether they're pets or whatever, they have horses and cows and alpacas and goats. Goats is the big thing. Mm -hmm. So have you done any of your volunteering yet? I mean, have you tried anything and what do you think you like best? I mean, alpacas, you know, to have an opportunity to to get to know them on a one-on-one and it's not in a zoo or a petting zoo. I have. And the, the thing is, the reason... I try different things is because if you're going to work with ranch farm animals, there's a variety of animals. So you don't want to say, I just want to work with donkeys. I just want to work with goats. You want the widest range of experience. So the woman here in San Diego in the uh, outskirts has an alpaca uh, fiber farm and she weaves and she teaches people how to do all these things. And once a year they do shearing and and, one uh, in Virginia that does that too. They need you people. Well, yeah. And, you know, one of the things about that kind of care you'll see in every job, as opposed to a vet office where you go in and you're a nurse, nursing staff behind the scene, you know, you'll clean the rooms and wipe things down. But when you're working in a ranch experience, you're mucking stalls, you're cleaning water buckets, you're doing a range of different things that are, to me, are very interesting and fun. And you're more physically lifting bales of hay, maybe, and, you know, things like that. So I wanted to get it while I'm here to get whatever experience I could. And San Diego is a pretty big city and you're not going to have that type of animal care often unless you go out. So alpaca, then I went up to the mini horse ranch two hours from here in Hammett and I was able to walk, exercise mini rescue horses and talk to them about care and muck their stalls and clean their water buckets. I was so happy. Uh, I know other people would say, oh, it's dirty and dusty. No, 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 no. no, no. An animal lover would find that wonderful. And if you You. like horses, you know, that's, you know, that's terrific. But I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, I want to talk about the courses that you took. We'll be right back. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit MyAlphaCBD.com slash dogs now. That's MyAlphaCBD.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back, and we're talking to Estella, who's in part two of her adventure. And at the school that you took the course, what type of courses, Mm -hmm. because there might be other people that might want to also do this, and, you know... Yes. Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. I did research, and there are all kinds of programs around the country. There's 
in-house programs, but that didn't appeal to me to go and park somewhere and get a parking pass and go to a class. So I looked for an online program that would allow me to work at my own pace. That was critical for me because I was taking care of mom and sometimes I couldn't study. So this program, the Animal Behavior College in Los Angeles, they offered a really affordable program that you could move at your own pace. And if you ha- if you just wanted to go through it and work all day and night, you could finish it in a few months. It took a little longer for me because I wanted to really understand the material. And some of the courses are, they're general to every type of program, but of course they give you an introduction to animal care, surgical procedures, restraint procedures, how to restrain cats as opposed to dogs, as opposed to feral animals. Um, inoculations, testing for parasites, everything. It's a, it's fantastic. So when you come out of there, you have learned the general basic knowledge for any kind of animal care, in my opinion. It's just that when you go to work with goats, they have something different about them. Their hooves are different than a cat's toenails. You know, the way you care for a hoof is different than a, a cat claw, things like that. But I feel really empowered because I did well but because I love the subject. And now I feel like I can really go anywhere and be an asset and, you know, use that knowledge to do anything I want to. Of course, there's going to be a little learning curve if I go to a farm situation, but you learn everything. And it's really important to know everything, even if you're not interested, let's say in testing, like drawing blood, testing for parasites, but you still need to know about it. And you may work in surgery, which I loved. Well, at, at least to watch it. I mean, it must be uh, oh, fascinating. Exciting. It's exciting. And to learn from the doctors, I was always asking questions like, what's going on here? Why are you doing this kind of stitch? And what is this, you know, the stitch you're doing? Why is it different from this surgery to the other? So much to learn, but I was so excited to learn everything and drink every portion of it up that I learned quite a bit. And even if I decided not to go into a profession right away, I just feel like I've learned something new and exciting and it's, that's good for your brain and it's good oh, for yeah, your- to learn. And do so, they use cow guts, you know, <laughs> you know, you if know, you- I, I don't know what it was made out of, and probably there's different products. Uh, This particular place I did my externship just had a little package of suture material, and you just grabbed it. Some of it was thicker than others, depending on the what they were sewing up, like for a kitty, a little baby kitty, they might be using a a delicate thread. And then for a larger animal, you use the heavy thread, just like sewing. Right. So, So I'd like to ask you, what animal have you been most surprised with that you knew about, but you never really got to know on a one-on-one basis other than maybe a zoo or television or National G? Well, my big surprise is a donkey, a miniature donkey. And that was when I worked for a short period of time in Colorado last year for six or seven weeks. I worked at a dude ranch or a guest ranch, as they like to call it. And they have, you know, horses there for the guests to ride. But it seems like every ranch of that sort has a house donkey. They're (laughs) very smart. They're smart. But also he was allowed to, Poncho was allowed to roam. So what happened is every day when I was done with my chores, I would just walk around the property and Sometimes he would just walk with me and just, he was beautiful. And 
he wanted some attention and then sometimes he would just sit with you. And it was amazing to me that I could just be walking on this beautiful property with a, a miniature donkey. And and I, I love those animals so much. And they're, you know, he thought he was the leader of the horses, 75 horses, huge horses running up to the field. And he got right in front of them, even though his legs couldn't catch up with them. He was like, I'm the leader. I just thought he was so interesting and You smart. know, but they and, are very um, sure-footed because they use them in the Grand Canyon. Yes. And, yes, you know, they sure. they are the only animals that could make that trek going down. Even though when yes. you sit on them, you say, holy moly, I'm going to fall. They are holy moly. Yeah, they are brilliant. Well, <laughs> they're sure footed. You're right about that. I, I did read, but there's it's nothing in particular except those animals. Alpacas were another one. They're they're beautiful. They're interesting. They have beautiful little faces and donkeys. I think in alpacas, they also serve another purposes like donkeys are really good. I think guard animals <laughs> and they always have them with horses because they're all herd animals, but there's something about a donkey. I don't know what it is with horses, but they always have a donkey. It seems like when they have a herd of horses. So, but yeah, those animals just called me and I've just made the decision. I, I don't have time to say, well, maybe it'll be exotic animals or birds. It's not any of that. It's ranch farm animals, goats. They're, 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 they're so very interesting, interesting also. Oh, goats. And um, there's nothing like seeing two or three different kinds of animals. And you and I know about this, where you have a horse with a, a dog sitting on its back or a, a cat sitting on an alpaca's back and they're riding around like friends. And they're just interesting and so different than the regular, you know, house pets, which of course I adore too. But if I'm going to apply my learning, I really want to do something different. And I think there's an avenue there, especially with rescued horses, rescued donkeys that need extra love and care. I feel like I have that to give to them. And that's kind of why I'm, I've leaned in that direction. I think it's wonderful. So now you're not at one specific spot. You're going to be wherever you could be, whoever needs you, you know, one, <laughs> maybe one week or however long the gig is. I mean, if they need you and you like it, you're going to work for I'll them jump. and for yourself, right? Absolutely. And because I have no other things holding me back, like a second job or other things that I need to do, I can say, look, I can give you 20 hours a week and mostly any day you need me. I'm also going up to the Sacramento area, which has a lot of ranch and farm areas and just talk to the people at the vet hospitals, introduce myself and be ready to maybe transfer up there and and work part-time or volunteer. I'm perfectly happy with volunteering, but I, I'm sure my opportunities will be greater up there because there's more of that. Just They have dog rescues, horse rescues, pig rescues. They have barn animal rescues Yeah, in one area. There's so town, many animals so that, there's just so, so many animals <laughs> that really just don't have homes that thank God for these shelters <laughs> and these rescue people. Because mm -hmm. it's it's heartbreaking. And, you know, we're finding that now because when I was growing up, I mean, we had dogs and, you know, I always had pets. But it's something different now. I mean, they really are fam Not that my dogs weren't family then. But, I mean, you know, right. people are buying clothes for their animals. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. So it's, you well, know, more. Right, it's, yeah, it's. <laughs> 
I mean, people are very <laughs> devoted to their animals today. And we're yeah, finding out these animals are brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. there are dogs that get along with tigers and dogs that get along with a rooster or a chicken or a dove mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. or a squirrel. It's Yeah. It's <laughs> and you know, amazing. I just saw one of the things I try to do is watch a lot of YouTubes and um other animal related websites or you know that type of thing on the internet because they're always showing things that we normally don't see like you may be in your house and you don't you're not watching your farm animals what they're doing but they're doing all these interesting things and one of the things that happened is there was a donkey and um, a goat that had grown up together on a, a rescue site they had been taken from different ranches and they spent a considerable amount of time together until they had become very they were inseparable. This is a donkey and a goat. This is one of many different stories. But what happened is two different people adopted him. One took the goat and one took the donkey to different ranches. Terrible. I mean, hundreds of miles away. And the goat became so depressed. They were just filming it. It just sat in the corner. You, you could tell it was dying emotionally. It was going to die of loneliness. So they contacted the other owner, who's also an animal lover, and they brought the donkey back and they videotaped all of this. And wouldn't he, the moment the donkey came out and went over to see the goat, the goat got up. It was like, oh, finally, you're here. And they went together to eat and they were eating. And right there, you could tell relationships with animals so deeper and so in so many ways that we don't understand, you know, of course, people see it at home with their dog and their cat, they're playing together or their two dogs, they see that. But these ranch animals that are out there, I don't think people necessarily think all the time that they may have developed very close connections with other animals and they become depressed um, and sad. They're herd animals. And if they don't have other animals that they're with, they, it, you know, it's bad. Socializing. So, all well, animals things. need to be, you know, in a social group. They are very social. I mean, there are some, there really are. I mean, I saw something recently about this wonderful dog. It kind of bothered me because they took this dog home for the weekend to find out why nobody would adopt this dog. And it was the sweetest, right. sweetest dog. I mean, for the weekend. I mean, uh, that's like torture for the animal because then you're going to bring right. him back. But he couldn't right. really be around other dogs. He did not like. It's mm-hmm. not that he was vicious. He did not like other dogs. And so he mm-hmm. would have to be in a home. They had a dog, these people, and they brought their dog to a friend's for the weekend because they wanted to see what it was about this dog because they were thinking maybe they would adopt this dog. And the dog right. was just sweet, sweet, sweet. They loved this dog. They cuddled. They gave him the best weekend of his life, but then they brought him back, and I think he was fostered, but he had a hard time with other other dogs. And see, mm-hmm. I would have worked on that if possible. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, however you go about it. They can't tell you what's happened to them. So if I get to volunteer at a rescue, you go in there with an open heart to say, what can I do to show these animals or this particular animal I'm working with that they're loved? And and then to have a background in some medical care is really helpful if you can volunteer in taking care of them, mucking their 
cages, what, giving them some exercise and also understand what kind of care they need for their hooves or their teeth. But, you know, it's different. Those animals are different. And, and I think when someone is abusing, a, not, a, not so much a horse, but let's say goats, they're just letting them sit out in their, you know, right. all their dirt and stuff. I think people are more impacted by my dog, that dog's being abused or that cat or whatever. But sometimes I think those animals get a little left behind because who's going to be worried too oh, much well, about it? Well, you know, out west, they round up wild horses. I mean, yes. horses that are wild, they're rounding them up. And mm-hmm. they separated this one couple mm-hmm. and she had, she had a calf mm-hmm. and a colt and you know they were apart and they filmed them getting back together i mean could you imagine you know they're wild animals (laughs) yeah well let me tell you one of the places i have volunteered is a little bit north of los angeles and it's one of those rescues for wild stallions so you know you go there you really don't get to go one-on-one with them but they did take us in a cart to different parts of their sanctuary and they said, see that group up there? That's that little herd that belongs to that stallion and his female. And they were in little pods, little herd groupings. And so they keep them together in their little area. And then they just- try to sell them. A lot of the Mustangs that they've that they've uh, gotten, they, you know, you see them all the time, these online, do you want to buy a horse, which is a commitment. Well, yeah. And I think here it's a rescue. I think if you're going to take one of course you're you're adopting it out but you know so and some of these places are very careful about who gets it because someone may say that's exciting. they have to be stallion uh-uh yes they no, have because to be. that leads back to abuse again because then you can't handle it so you let it sit by itself in a stall and show your people that you have this horse but you're not really taking care of it. So I think most of those rescues that I've worked for are very careful. Oh, no, rescues, most rescues that I've heard of or dealt with are 100% Mm -hmm. terrific. And I don't think there's anybody who's listening that's one of those creeps that are on (laughs) Craigslist or is abusive because, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't stand for abuse anymore on any animal. It is now law because that's that's just crap, you know. And I would say adopt before buying a new, you Oh, know. no, we, no shopping. Nice shop for shoes. You don't need I to love- shop for an animal. They're all <laughs> over. They walk the yeah. earth. <laughs> yeah, and it's they're beautiful. And so, yes, and if, if I ever have a house with a little acre, so my goal is to adopt small animals just because I'm by myself. So I may adopt a rescued horse. Yeah, Maybe. they'll 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 mow your lawn, you know. Well, get a cow, get a get a get sheep. Well, they do that, and then the thing is, most of the sanctuaries I've worked with said we understand it's when someone comes to rescue or or adopt an animal, they may never have had a goat or a mini horse, but we want it to have a chance at a new home. But if you cannot take care of it, if you decide it's too much bring that pet back and we will take that pet back. So there's no reason for someone to say, well, I'm stuck now. I'm just going to get rid of this animal. You can always take it back if you can't handle it. But I think I can handle two or three herding animals. So it'd be sheep, a couple of goats, and maybe a mini horse and see if I can give them a nice life with me. One chance, you know, one good chance. Oh, yeah. It it would be fun. It would be, I could just see the Christmas card now. And of course, when it gets gets too cold, you bring them in. 
when it gets too hot out, you bring them in. Last month, I'll tell you a quick story. I was up in Big Bear Lake and there were, the folks that were housing us had two ranch animals. Oh my goodness, what were they? They were, um, they were like alpacas, but the male had just passed away and the female was just sitting in her, her corral and just was not interested in anything. So I went up there every day, a couple of times a day with a little bit of the snack that they let us have. And little by little, she started getting up and she'd come over and smell my hair. I had some nice shampoo going on. And Do they made for life? Are they? Well, these two were just together the whole time. So I don't know that I'm still learning about those animals. But all I know is after three days of just interacting with her, she'd see me walking and she'd come up, she'd stand up and quickly walk over and sniff my hair or touch my hand. And, you know, I could tell it was like, I'm so lonely and sad, but oh, here's someone that's going to pay a little attention to me, make me feel good. And um, I saw a change in her personality just with me being there three days. And, you know, I was just staying at the, at the hotel there. So I think it can be a big difference for an animal that's been unloved and harmed in some way to give them a quality just by loving them and going out and playing ball with them and giving them their exercise. And I'm there. That's the last thing I'm going to be doing for the right, rest of my right, right. Well, we're going to take one more take break one. and then we're going to come back. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, everybody, we're back and we're talking to Estella and her vision for herself in part two of her adventure, which really does sound like an adventure. It sounds wonderful. I wish you lots of good luck. And I want you to come back. Well, you know, keep in touch so you can come back and tell us because, you know, you might end up working at a zoo. You don't know. Oh, yes. There's uh, there are so many options. Even the zoo in Big Bear has an injured animal zoo. It's very small, but there's opportunities there. They have a bear with no paw and they have owls and raccoons and all kinds of animals. But if anything uh, happens for me, I will most definitely be glad to share that with your listeners. Yeah, because Um, you never know. I mean, a lot of people, almost 30% of the population now are baby movers like us. And we aren't just going to sit idly by and knit by the fire. And knitting's good. But not all the time. Go out and feed a goat. <laughs> yeah, if, if you could find a goat. Uh, but, you know, even the Grand Canyon with uh-huh. their array of donkeys, mm-hmm. you yes. know, there are animals all over that, yes. you know, you never know. And, 
you know, so I wish I'm I'm curious to see where you're going to go. And hopefully you'll keep a journal so you can tell us all about it the next time. But I want to thank you. And, you know, if any of my listeners have any questions, please, you know, get a hold of me. And uh, Estella, I wish you lots of good luck. And uh, thanks for being on. It's, it was a very interesting to hear all about what your plans are. And I'm kind of like a little jealous. Thank you, Cheryl. Let's keep in touch. And I definitely will share my adventure as I go along. Okay? Thank you. Have a great day. I want to say goodbye to all of my uh, listeners. I want to thank Mark. And remember to live life unleashed. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.